Hello, I'm Nathan Armstrong. And I'm Andrew Del Vecchio. And this is your Soccer Survival Guide. Today we're going to recap some Champions League action. We're going to recap the EPL. We've got Soccer Survival Tip number four. We have Ask Me Anything. But first, Andrew, I'm in a mood. You're in a mood? I'm in a mood. Can you guess why I'm in a mood? Uh, because you personally feel like the officiating was bad at the Arsenal match? No, not just the officiating. Let's be honest. Arsenal was shit, too. Oh, were they? Yes. Uh, but the match we're talking about is Champions League. It's champion. It's Champions League time, which is some of the best time of the year. Champions League anthem. It feels feels really good to hear that sometimes, you know. It was before the match started yesterday. Well, yeah. But the Champions League is a chance for us to get to see some of the best teams in the world. It's a chance for us to get to see some of the best players in the world pitting off against each other. But I wanted to do a little something different here. Because we, we know that Champions League theme, right? We've heard it a thousand times. We love listening to it. Do you know what the lyrics are? The only lyrics I know are what they play right before the commercial and they go, The Champions! Oh, good, good, good. Well, I have here the Champions League theme, okay? Oh, boy. And I'm going to play it, and we're going to see if you can figure out what the lyrics are. And every time the Champions League anthem, yeah, it's written by Handel. So, Andrew, we we have your guesses for the uh, for the lyrics. Are they just saying the champions in different languages over and over and over again? No, because all I got were like, "This is the champions," and then it sounded like the Latin in the Star Wars songs, and then champions again. <laughs> but what you heard right there, what you heard right there, was like the chorus. Okay, there are actually verses and stuff like that. Uh, but this is this is the chorus, okay? Uh, let's pl- let's play this first. Let's play this first verse again, and you see if you can guess what the lines are. There are three lines in this first verse. It sounds like they're saying these are the winners and these are the bad best guys. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. So. Okay, so is that your guess? These are the winners. These are the best guys. These are the champions. <laughs> okay, well, you got uh, you got one out of three right. It's uh, Ils sont les meilleurs. Oh, mm-hmm. oh boy. Sie sind die besten. besten. These, these are, are the, the best. Champions. These are the champions in German. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So this is, this is uh, Ils sont les meilleurs, or these are the best. So it is them <laughs> saying these are the best guys in different well, languages over and, and then, over. and then in German is these are the best. <laughs> And then in English, these are the champions. I just, I like how less formal 
the German and the French are like these right. guys are just the. It sounds like they've been drunk. Like these are the you're the best. Okay, next 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 verse oh, here. Man. I got literally. You didn't even get it, the it champions. It sounds like I got the champions at the end, but the rest I thought. I think I heard lay something. Yes, there was there was a lay. There was a lay. So something in French was said. Okay, it was the meister, the masters. Yes, uh, the besten, the best. There it go. Uh-huh. It is them just saying it's the best guys over and over in different Le languages. Grand équipe. The the best what the grand. The great teams. Oh. Ah, see? It switched it up. And then the champions. And then that just actually repeats at the end. I like that the English is, they like, they say it in, di- each language kind of says it differently in the language, and the English is just champions, champions, yeah, All champions. Right. All right. So. There's no Spanish in there? No, no Spanish. The three official languages, the three official languages for the uh, Champions League are English, uh, German, and French. Really? Spanish is not, yeah. Yeah, hmm. so those are the three official languages. So the full the full lyrics to this, okay, as I said, it's a three minute song. We're not gonna play it all. But these are the full lyrics to the to the Champions League anthem oh, translated into English. <laughs> okay. These are the best teams, the very best teams, the main event, the masters, the best, the great teams, the champions. Oh. A large meeting, oh. A great sports event, the main event. They are the best. They are the best. These are the champions. The masters, the best, the great teams, the champions. The masters, the best, the great teams, the champions. It sounds a little third rack. It, it, it sounds like a French guy. It's, this is going to sound like a setup for a joke, but it sounds like an American, or not American, an English-speaking person, a German-speaking person, a French person, all walk into a, a, a public relations meeting, and they didn't realize they had to turn in a song that day. And each of them just take a line, and when it was like, the best, these guys are great, <laughs> they're really this good. is awesome, it's a big event, and there's lots of sports, and they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much what happened, I think. <laughs> all right, but they, but you know, it sounds all pretty and all, and all yeah. of that, so. You took away from how gorgeous I thought it was now. <laughs> uh, that's what I do. It's I like destroy how, beauty everywhere. It's like in How You Met Your Mother when they point out something and you hear the glass break. You can never unsee it. and uh, That's what you just did to the Champions League anthem to me. Now what I want to do, next show, I'm going to look up this up. The Europa Anthem. And oh, see, what it, see what it says. It's like, these guys are almost the best. <laughs> They're, They're not quite good. there. <laughs> they may get relegated. <laughs> They're doing okay. <laughs> this is the consolation prize. Well, that's good. Well, next show, next show, we'll talk about the Europa League, and Bye. I'll tune out. Well, Andrew, yep, we've come to survival tip number four. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you may not have guessed, this is a little bit of a Champions League themed podcast here today. Survival tip number four: take your lunch break late on a Tuesday and Wednesday. So the Champions League, Andrew. Yeah, the Champions League. That uh, is the best tournament there, in it's, the world. It, I believe it's the best, the grand. <laughs> it's the best guys. I, I think yeah, that yeah, somehow, yeah. some for some reason, I think it's that. that. <laughs> right, but it really is the best football in the world, and it's really interesting because within any individual country, you see sort of a, you can often see a similar style of play. Mm-hmm. We talked about a couple of weeks ago the different um, the different leagues you see. 
uh, a very specific style, flowing football in uh, Spain and more uh, more uh, rough physical football in England and mm-hmm. tactical football in uh, in Germany. Well, the fun part about the Champions League is all of these leagues come together. The best of these leagues uh, get to come together and they play. And so you see some of the best teams in the world play against each other. And it's it's fun for someone like me as well because uh, I get more interested because I can get behind teams that I wouldn't get behind normally in in Premier League or Bundesliga. You kind of I can enjoy watching like I watched uh, Roma yesterday and I actually really enjoyed watching Roma. Not a team I'll go for in Serie A, but I just was like, okay, I'll I turned on this game. I liked how they played. It was really fun to watch. So it's also a, a chance to kind of get behind those teams that you normally wouldn't. Yeah. And you get to you get to sort of sometimes settle bar bets, right? Because it's like, well, I think the Premier League is better. I think uh, Serie A is better. Or mm-hmm. I think La Liga is better. And in this t- competition, you have the best of those leagues playing against each other. And, and uh, you have the best players in the world playing against each other. Mm-hmm. So you get to settle those bar bets, and it's really fun. And then the last game of the year is the Champions League final. Uh, so I mean, after all of the domestic competitions are finished, they play the big old Champions League final. Uh, which is one of the most viewed television events of the year. I think it rivals the Super Bowl only in like in viewership across mm-hmm. the world. It's interesting because it's always fun when someone kind of sneaks in. We'll probably talk about that more in a bit. But it's always fun when those big clubs kind of, like last year, no one would have expected it to be Barcelona-Juventus. Yeah. Uh, but you got to see that. So yeah. it's, Not that Juventus is exactly a minnow or anything. No, but in the in the grand but, scheme of things, people didn't think they were going to make No, they were certainly they were certainly a... Tick below what you would have expected. Yes. Going in there. So, uh, the reason we say take your lunch breaks late is because Champions League games happen at 2.45 Eastern Time on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, which uh, for us starving actors is perfect. Yeah. Because <laughs> we get to... We get to you know, just go to a bar and drink at you know in the middle of the afternoon and watch Champions League matches. But for the working public that can sometimes be difficult. So, uh, so we recommend you planning things ahead and you take your lunch break late that day. So get mm-hmm. you know get a nice big hearty breakfast and then take that lunch break late. If you have flexibility of schedule, wake up early, go to work early, and then just leave at like two thirty. Um, I think I think everyone would be much better off if they just left work at at two thirty, don't you, Andrew? Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's good. We're, you should we're, just leave. Leave now. Go, go. What are you doing? Go. Get the hell out of work. Um, go watch some soccer. But yeah, and most bars, it's easier to find the Champions League matches than sometimes Premier League matches because Premier League matches happen at you know seven in the morning sometimes. Yes, <laughs> so it's a little harder to do that. But the other thing that you can do if you can't leave work is you can stream the stream some of the matches on your computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can, you know, you have a spreadsheet open and pretend like you're working, and then you can watch the matches. <laughs> yes, I've, I've been right. guilty so. of that before, especially because Fox has the rights to the Champions League. Yes. So, so they, though they, um, they license it out to ESPN, which is a weird sort of they, what they do is uh, you'll get the in English, you'll get it on Fox One, Fox Two, whatever they mm-hmm. think are the big ones, uh, and Fox whatever the Fox Soccer thing, but you have to have like a Fox super deep, deep package to have that yeah. in your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have a, an agreement with ESPN3 where they'll mm-hmm. show it in Spanish. And they'll, they'll actually 3. show some of the like uh, some of the matches in English on ESPN3 as well. Probably the, not the... But, I don't... Yeah. I hate saying this, but what they consider the throwaway matches. Oh, sure. You know, some of the lesser matches. Like Barcelona-Roma 
was on Fox. You mm-hmm. know? Chelsea was playing on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, the Arsenal match was on ESPN Deportes. It was on Fox Sports too, though. Nah. I know you don't have the package. Nah, I don't. But Arsenal that. was on Fox Sports too. No, no, I got to watch it in Espanol. Yep. So you know that was also frustrating. So there you go. That's your survival tip number four. Take your lunch break late on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yep. So now, Andrew, we are going to recap some of the games. And while we're on this Champions League rant, I guess, or Champions League show. Let's talk about some of the Champions League matches because right. there were some expected matches and those are less excited to talk to talk about. Chelsea beat the snot out of some Israeli team. Tel Aviv, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bayern Munich beat up on Olympiacos. So yeah, there are sometimes some surprising results that yeah. that happen. And let's start right off the bat with Manchester United one, PSV Eindhoven two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So They lost way more than the game in this one. Yes, they did. Oh, gosh. Uh, so if you didn't see the game, early on in the match, Luke Shaw went into the box, uh, got tackled in the box pretty hard, and broke his leg in three pieces. He was down on the field for uh, an extended period of time. It was a really tragic injury. Uh, both of us hate Manchester United. None of us, neither of us want to see something like Never this Never hope for something like that to happen to a guy. So, um, so the hope is that he will go and be better. Um, uh, Luke Shaw, he was a, a really up and coming, uh, young, uh, fullback in the Premier League and was coming into his own really this year. Yeah, he's, uh, I think they're saying he's out eight to 12 months is the, is the current estimation. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, so his season is done and you just hope that it's not like an Eduardo situation where his career is done. Or Stuart Holden or yeah. something like that. Yeah. We can talk about that a little bit, because I saw the tackle several times. It was a hard tackle. For the record, wasn't called for a foul. No. It wasn't called for, or called for a penalty. And I actually think that might have been the right call. Really? He got the ball first. Now, it was a crunching challenge, and his back leg, his, his second leg did come and scissor him a little bit. Um, but I don't think that was intentional. And uh, from what it looked like, it looked like just a very hard uh, challenge in the box. Now, I could have totally seen a foul because there was that second leg that came in after the ball got hit and it was with excessive force as they say but all these outcries that it should have been a straight red right on the bat um i don't necessarily believe that i think it needed to at least be yellow i think there was i think there was well the the complicating factor of course is that it's in the box so it being in the box the referee would have then had to give a penalty would have if he's calling a foul would have had to decide if it was a denial of a goal scoring opportunity so that would have been a red true um, very true uh if you're going to call a foul there you might have to call it a denial of a goal scoring opportunity and and a straight red so if you're not willing to do that um then i think then you almost have to let it go uh so the referee was putting a Really tough position on that one. To me, it was careless. It was careless, and you really affect another guy's career. And you can say sorry all you want, but at that point, a red card, there should have at least been a red card because we don't even know how Luke Shaw's ever going to manage again. Like, he could not be what he used to be because of this injury. Uh, And I just think it was a careless uh, act against another player. And I don't think it was a, a malicious, I just think it was careless Okay, but I mean, I think we have to separate ourselves out from the end result and the actual action. Okay, the end result is, yes, it was it was horrible. But if he had done that same challenge, that same exact challenge, and Luke Shaw does what, what they do and bounces right back up afterwards, and they had called a foul or a penalty on that, where 
you know, ha- half the world is outraged because he got the ball first and all of that. So we have to, I don't think we can look at it in a mindset of, oh, his leg is broken and his career may be over because that's not, that's not fair to the game, to, to the game. You have to look at the action in and of itself. Well, no, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking as a, as a careless action. It's okay. a, I, the end result just helps prove it, but whatever it was, it was a careless action. Aside from that, even with Luke Shaw going off, you would have expected Manchester United to beat PSV Eindhoven. Now, yes. the Dutch league is not a terrible league, and PSV Eindhoven uh, is one of really two major teams in the Dutch league, Ajax Amsterdam being the other. Mm-hmm. But uh, that didn't happen. Uh, new man Anthony Martial got the start. Didn't do a whole lot with it. Didn't do a whole lot. So much for the Thierry Henry talk. We'll get into that in a, in a minute. Memphis Depay did score against his old team. He did. Uh, Memphis Depay looked good. But the rest of rest of Manchester United did not look so great. Uh, and this will contrast, interestingly, with uh, with the match over the weekend with their, with their Liverpool match. The good news for Manchester is it's not the hardest of groups. So they'll be fine, I'm sure, in going through. But, uh, but yeah, upset on day one for Manchester United. Barcelona won, Roma won. I got to catch a lot of this game, and I got to say, I'm, I'm pulling for Roma from here out. They were playing their hearts out. They did a great job. Uh, Florenzi uh, made possibly the goal of the decade, mm-hmm. especially for Roma. It's like Roma's goal of the decade. Oh, it was a great goal. Oh, my God. It was great insane. Almost, to, almost just, on... You want to describe the goal a little bit? Oh, man. He was almost at the halfway line. What's that called? And I know I'm yeah. still getting those right. Halfway line. He's near the uh, the sideline as well, and he just launches a kick that crosses uh, across the pitch into the top corner on the far side of the net, right over the keeper, to the point where the keeper turned around and was like, I, there's no way I'm getting this, and just watched it go in. Yes, he chipped the keeper from about 60 yards out. Yeah, it was insanity. <laughs> so, I mean, it was brilliant. Off the post, off the post and in. Um, the keeper did the thing which all keepers do, which I can't stand, where he started backpedaling towards the ball. Yeah, they need to teach keepers how to turn and run back to your line and then find the ball, just like you do in the outfield or in baseball, because you can't run fast backpedaling. But nevertheless, it was a it was brilliant to spot the keeper off his line uh, from a really tough angle. Tough angle. That was what really got me from way on the way on the sideline and chips him from 60 yards out. The keeper was rightly, in my opinion, coming forward because there was a there was an overlapping run that he was going to try to cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what kind of opened up the space for the chip. So, brilliant goal. When you when you have Messi looking at like looking at you like holy crap, you did something right. All right. Dinamo Zagreb, the Serbian team, 2, Arsenal 1 in Oh, what can I say about this match? Uh, I can say lots about this match. Very rarely does Nathan ever text me cursing. Yes. And I got a very irate text yesterday. Horrible. One of the worst officiated games I've ever seen. Now, I'm not blaming him for the loss per se, Mm -hmm. um, in that Arsenal still should have won despite the shitty-ass ref, but he did not help the cause. Uh, To set the stage, Olivier Giroud got called incorrectly for a foul. Um, I've read a couple places he made a dumb foul, though. Uh, that the second one, but oh, okay. he, the first one, he got called incorrectly for a foul, uh, argued with the ref, got a yellow. Okay, fine. Then uh, Dinamo uh, Zagreb scores a scores a goal that was offside. The goal was offside, mm-hmm. but they let it stand. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then during a set piece, uh, Olivier Giroud commits a foul. It was a foul, 
it was nowhere near reckless or impeding play. It was just a normal run-of-the-mill foul uh, that, by the way, Zagreb had been committing and were committing all game, kicking the crap out of Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ref goes, and and knowing that Giroud is on a yellow, gives him a second yellow. Now, you can say that a yellow card should be a yellow card whenever, but we know that's not true. That second yellow is harder to get than the first one in general. They usually give you like a, you watch yourself, you're sitting on a yellow. They kind of give them one of those talks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but this was like, it would have been a really, really, really soft first yellow. And it was a super, super, super soft second yellow. So now Arsenal are down to 10 men for the for most of the match. End up losing 2-1. And this is in the 38th minute that they go down this to 10 This wasn't at the Emirates though. No, this is this is in Serbia. So watching this match, the ref doesn't call fouls on the Serbian team at all. Uh, and every time there there is a foul, it's at least as bad as Giroud's, mm-hmm. if not worse. And no, yet. So it was frustrating for me to watch. Mm-hmm. That said, Arsenal had their chances. They should have put it away. Even down to ten men, they dominated the game uh, and were sloppy at the back. Matthew Dubushi was awful. He was horrible. It's sad to say, but they really miss their teenager right back Hector Bellerin when he's not playing. Yeah, they cannot play all their players every single match, and they fielded uh, a pretty strong team uh, with Premier League veterans and, and starters. Now, do you think part of the reason they were kind of a mess is because their eyes are on this weekend? Potentially, potentially, I think part of that part of the reason to rotate what they did was to try to keep them sharp and to give them more motivation. Now, one of the interesting things about Arsenal is it's hard to get into that first team. So when players are given a chance, when Olivier Giroud is given a chance to start up front because Theo Walcott is challenging him up there, when Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who is also horrible in the match, when he's given a chance to start on the right, they need to take advantage of these chances. So you can criticize a manager for rotating. Players cannot play every single minute of every single match. Mm. Uh, but if, you're, if you've got competition for places and you give good players, I mean, both of these players are full internationals. Olivier Giroud played for France in this last international break. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain played for England in this last international break. When you give these players chances, you're not theoretically weakening the squad. So the eyes may have been more towards Chelsea this next week, but uh, that shouldn't have affected the No, it shouldn't. But I do feel like Wagner is salivating at the idea of just burying Chelsea even lower. Well, uh, we'll see. He has one win over Chelsea at this point in the Community Shield? Yes. Okay. Yes. We'll see. Unfortunately, now, this group looks a lot trickier for Arsenal. Um, Bayern's in it, so you expect Bayern to win. I mean, they thumped Olympiacos. Uh, so now Arsenal are looking at having to beat Olympiacos home and away, never an easy proposition, having to get the return leg um, from Dinamo Zagreb, and potentially having to try to get a result one one way or another, get a draw or something against Bayern. They've yeah. shown they can in the past, but it's it goes from being what should have been a lock qualification to a little trickier. They're still favored to go through. They're going to go yeah. through probably, but it's a, it's a trickier proposition. Seems like all the teams that were doing well yeah. in their leagues didn't do well yeah. in Champions League and vice versa because Juventus beats Manchester City. They, in Manchester. They, they don't have a win in Serie A. Right. Their, their, their season is off to a terrible start. Awful start. Manchester City's season is off to the best start ever. Mm-hmm. They haven't conceded a goal. They're, they're five wins from five. <laughs> they're dominating the Premier League. 
and boom. And lose to Juventus. Juve 2, Now, one. there's no real shame in losing to Juventus. This is the this is the team, I mean, regardless they of were in the playing, Champions League final, in the final a couple months ago, yeah. so. Even though it's a, it's a slightly weakened. Yes, they uh, lost a lot of names, Pirlo, Tevez, right. all of them. Uh, but there's no there's no shame in that. But as you said, it was such a reversal of the form table that it was it was strange. I don't know that there's that much else to say about this match. City had the majority of possession, um, but they're also they're also missing players, and um, they didn't capitalize on the chances they had. And Juventus did, and so they were able to they were able to win. And I actually think that this result is going to benefit both teams this weekend because. Manchester City is going to go into their match like, oh my gosh, we're not invincible, which mm-hmm. I'm sad because <laughs> their match is West Ham. Sure. Uh, but, and I think Juve is going to be like, okay, there's life in us. We, we're, we're, we, we're struggling with mid-low level Serie A teams, but we just walked into Manchester and beat the leaders of the right. Premier League. So I think both are going to be fired up this weekend now. The other story uh, is that Manchester City, despite their... Uh, rise to prominence in the Premier League and which has been rapid and fairly complete. They've won two of the last four four mm-hmm. titles and are looking looking like they're they favorites to win again. Yes. Uh they have really struggled in Europe. They've failed to get out of groups. They've crashed they've crashed out at the on the first knockout stage against lower level op- uh, opposition. So it's kind of that monkey that they need to get off their back. This was supposed to be the year for them to do it, and it, it still might be. Again, the the group it's not an easy group, but they should. They are still favorites to get through. Maybe yes. not win the maybe not win the group now, but they are still favorites to get through. But as we've seen with teams, as we've seen with like Arsenal versus Chelsea, or with other teams, other teams in the past, getting over certain mental hurdles or certain historical hurdles can be problematic. Can be difficult. Yes. Maybe let's let's shift focus a little bit towards uh Premier League. What, sure. do, you, what do you think? Well, the the, the Premier League uh this last week, I don't there weren't too many surprising things. Uh the first one, the biggest one, speaking of poor form in the league and champions. Ooh, yeah. Everton 3, Chelsea 1. Oh boy. And I have to say, I watched this match and it was deserved. Uh Everton beat Chelsea soundly. They were the better team on the field. They created the best opportunities. They defended better. Chelsea's defense looks awful. Yeah, it it looks does. Yes, it horrible. does. Horrible. Um, uh, John Terry can't run, and uh, and Ivanovic, uh, God knows what's happening with him. Branislav Ivanovic was one of the four or five best players in the Premier League last year, mm-hmm. and now looks to be almost unusual. Yes, uh, he's he's a liability now. He went yeah. from being one of the best to a liability. Like talk about falling off the face of the earth. Um, that being said, Chelsea get to play Arsenal this week, so he's probably going to look like an all star again. Suddenly, he finds form. <laughs> right, um, um, tends to be what happens. Not only did they beat them on the field, but they beat them off the field because at the end, Martinez looked real nice and uh, real charismatic, and Mourinho just descends into more of who the hell is this guy? Yeah, well, we know we know what I think about Mourinho and. Uh, it's starting to hit that point. Like, I don't like him, but it's starting to hit this point. That, that little hissy fit he had about, like, next time I go first. And uh, yeah, I saw a little bit of I, that. When he's yeah. like, next time I go first, Martinez is like, I don't control that. And he's just like, Arr! and he curses and walks off. Martinez says something along the lines of, uh, he was much nicer last year when he beat us here 6-3. I kind of like that guy better. Uh, <laughs> and everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. So the problem is Chelsea look like a mess on and 
off the field. Oh, yeah. You had these hissy fits day in and day out. Every one of his press conferences are, we should have deserved the result. Mm-mm, no, you didn't. And he's throwing medical staff under the bus. Like, what is happening? Well, I mean, Jose Mourinho is one of those uh, one of those people. When he's winning for you, you can tolerate his antics. Yeah. When all of a sudden you're not winning, it wears it wears thin really fast. He called a British journalist yesterday. Uh, he said, uh, "That's a stupid question. You should Google my." Like he essentially asked about his third season slump, and he starts listing all the great things he's done in his third seasons, and he starts saying that's a stupid question. Well. Uh, Good job, Everton. Chelsea, uh, Chelsea struggling down in sixteenth place. They, if if West Ham hadn't won, which is a bittersweet thing to say, if West Ham had not won, you know they'd be in relegation because yeah. Newcastle would have climbed out with three points. Yeah, they would have been in relegation for at least one week. Ooh, uh-huh. I know it's only five weeks in, but even at any point, yeah. saying that the next the next big match that happened, it was. Uh, a derby of sorts, the two probably most historic teams in the Premier League playing at Old Trafford, the most historic venue, or one, one of the most historic one venues. One of the biggest the rivalries. One of the biggest rivalries. Manchester United 3, Liverpool 1, a tale mm. of two halves. Yes. The first half was unwatchable. I was the worst football I've ever seen. It is unanimous that this was like an embarrassing match for the Premier League. It was League. horrible, and it was on big NBC. Yeah, but it, it, was was on, on, it was on the mothership. It oh, was boy. on the network. And if anyone stuck around for the second half, then they would have seen some great goals. And we'll get into that in a second, because two of the best goals in the Premier League so far. That um, I can't imagine any casual soccer fan sticking around for the second half after that atrocious first half. It was horrible. Both teams set up to do nothing. Uh, Liverpool couldn't get out of their own end, but Manchester were just kicking the ball around and not creating anything. They had Marion Fellaini up front. With with no one to cross it into him, he's arguably my second most hated player in the in the Premier League. I'm, I'm not a fan. Flails his elbows everywhere. With him up front, you lack any kind of dynamism. He just goes and stands there and hopes that his big hair and head, you know, get the ball. Um, he's almost a less effective Andy Carroll. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andy Carroll has better feet because every time he touched the ball with his feet, it went completely awry, mm-hmm. and Liverpool would would snap it up. Uh, so the first half was awful. But the second half showed a little more dynamism. Manchester United got an early goal, which helped, because that meant Liverpool had to come out and, and start playing. Yes. And so there was uh, there was some open space. Uh, there, there was some open space to exploit. They ended up getting Manchester United get a, got a second on a penalty. It was a penalty. It wasn't any particularly exciting attacking move that created the penalty, but mm-hmm. stupid foul. And uh, And then when you thought the game was... Just about over. All of a sudden, Christian Benteke. Yeah, scores the second coolest goal of the week. Yeah, well, it well it behind was, that Roma goal, it, it was a full bicycle. And sometimes we say bicycle like you know, and it's a and they shin it in. Or yeah. Sometimes we say bicycle, and it's you know, it's really just kind of an overhead kick. This was a full like way off the air bicycle from probably 16 yards out this is the into this, the top corner this with is the pace. slow motion thing you see at the end of every fifa beginning right before you get the start menu right uh but this isn't cgi this is this is a real dude doing it and it was past david de gea if not the best keeper in the premier league back in action for man united and doesn't look like he's he's been uh holding on to any rust yeah. he's looking good yep and uh, and so you think Liverpool is back in the game, and then a few minutes later, Anthony Martial. You mean you mean new 
Thierry Henry. No. Yeah, sure. Thierry Henry the second after yeah. one game. After ten minutes of yeah. one game. Okay, of course. Now, to be fair, the goal looked Thierry esque. Um, he dribbles. He dribbles past like four people, opens his body, and slots it home in the bottom corner. Uh, it was a really good goal. Um, he got a little bit fortunate. He got a good deflection off of, yeah. off of someone. So it was a really good goal. He looked good, but let's hold. Let's hold off on calling I, him the next Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry dominated the Premier League for season upon season upon season. This dude's been here for ten minutes. <laughs> I think all the the praise is is a little hyped. I think it's good to be happy because that's about as good as a debut as you want from someone you way overpaid for. Right. Uh, but mm, mm, it was ten minutes. Right. And it was like, ten minutes. We're not we're not playing like Liverpool from two seasons ago. Right. And ten minutes in the game where Liverpool are chasing the game. Yeah. Uh, they're they're having to come out. They're down two one at the time, so there's plenty of space at the back for him to exploit. I'm not taking anything away from the goal. It was a good goal, but let's hold your horses. Let's yeah. see. How he does against a more organized, more martial defense. I'm the I'm the first to always give credit where credit's due because yes, he gets a fortunate bump, and but the thing is, there are people who wouldn't finish. Mm-hmm. He finished. Yep. Good job. It's ten minutes and one goal. Yep. So Manchester United get good three points. They're yeah. back up in the top four. They're they're looking all right. I don't think that they're winning the title, but they look like they're on their way back. Yeah, they need to, uh, if Martial is any. Any indication, maybe their quest for a second striker behind Rooney is over, so they don't have to play Fellaini up top. Yeah. But uh, but they're still trailing Manchester City, who went into Crystal Palace, which these days is not an easy place to go into, and won one nil on the last second, the last second goal uh, from a 19-year-old. Move. But give City credit. Yeah, I, there's not too much to talk about this game. Uh uh, Crystal Palace are playing well these days. Uh, they were able to hold off City. City are without Silva and Sterling. Mm-hmm. They're without a bunch of their stars, but City came in and got three points, and that's something that champions do. They, they find a way. Yeah, they find a way to get the three points. All right, Andrew, we've come to my favorite part of the show. Andrew, ask me anything. So, I got four more questions today. Actually, there's something that uh, that I think we should do in the future. If people... Uh, we should maybe do one or two of my questions yeah. and have people email Well, let's do that right now. Let's do that right now. If you want to ask us anything, mm-hmm. you can uh, Twitter, tweet, whatever it is. I'm not good on the social media. Tweet us, yeah. Yeah, uh, tweet either of us, at AndrewJDV or at StrongActing uh, uh, questions and hashtag it, ask me anything. Yep. So, and it will replace some of my questions. That's right, because I'm getting sick of his damn questions. Yeah. First question. Is the Premier League really still the best? Technically, we have the Champions League, which uh-huh. proves who's, or, or quote-unquote, you even said, it's like settles the bar bets. Well, right. if the bar bets who's the best league, they're like third or fourth in line. Okay. Because uh, Juve beating Man City going to the, the Champions League final last year, and of course, there's always Real Madrid and Barcelona. Right. Here's what I'll say about that. Do Does the Premier League have the best teams at the top? No. No, I think right off the top of my head, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich are all clearly better than any Premier League team and have been for a while and are by a ways. Okay? But does that mean that uh, La Liga and the Bundesliga are better than the Premier League? I don't think it does because in La Liga, you have a huge disparity between the top two teams and then there's another couple and then the rest of the league, which are, which are awful. Um, in the Bundesliga, 
Uh, it's sort of the same same deal. There's slightly more parity in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. but you've got Bayern Munich, and then you've got a few other teams. Dortmund can sometimes jump up in there, and every once in a while, Wolfsburg. Right. Uh, and then you've got all the rest. You've got the Augsburgs of the world who are just happy to be there and are not as good as as some of those teams. But the Premier League is Chelsea, is Manchester City, is Manchester United as good as the top of these other leagues? No. But the tenth team in the Premier League, okay, uh, a Palace or a uh, or a Stoke, are they? No, well, not Stoke this year, I guess. But are they as good as the tenth team in these other leagues? Yeah, they're better than probably the fifth or sixth team in these other leagues. Um, at the bottom of the league, okay, are are they as good as the bottom of the other leagues? Yeah, they're better. So. It depends on how you what you mean by so what you're the saying. Premier League, the best. Essentially, to sum it up, I guess is what you're saying is if we were counting teams one through five, they're not the best. Yeah, but one to twenty, they are the best. One to twenty, they are the best. Okay, and part of that, I mean, a lot of that is the money. We saw a great example of this. Uh, Everton were able to hang on to John Stones. All right, mm-hmm. Wolfsburg in the Champions League, by the way, not able to hang on to Kevin De Bruyne. Okay, because City came in with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Chelsea came in with a lot of money to a upper mid team, and they said, "No, go away. We don't need your money." They also got that TV money coming up. That's though. exactly it, and so that's one of the big reasons that the Premier League as a whole is is better. I agree. I very much agree. Okay, with that. Andrew, ask me anything. Is it dangerous to underestimate in the Champions League, or? Is it sometimes understandable to kind of put out a scrub team against something that is a scrub to save against a bigger team? I would, I would argue that I don't think anyone's putting out scrub teams. Okay, if you mm-hmm. look at the if you look at the Premier League, uh, none of those teams out there were scrub teams. Part of it is they have to rotate, as I said. Like soccer is incredibly physically demanding, yes. and if you're asking teams, if you're asking players to play to play 270 minutes in eight days, that's not going to happen. They're they'll die. Okay. You say that. Premier League teams rotate, but there are guys like Ronaldo Messi that are out there every single game. Okay. There's a reason for that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronaldo and Messi don't play defense. True. So they stand at the top of the pitch. They expend much less energy. And again, it, Very goes, true. it goes back to what we were talking about. In the Premier League, every week is a fight. Any team can beat anyone. A little more physical. Right. You, you cannot rest players in the Premier League against anyone yes. because any team can beat you. In La Liga, Ronaldo can sit out there. He scored, what, five? Five goals. He scored five goals against some scrub team in La Liga. Mm, I actually believe, I believe it was a mid-level team. I think it was Espanyol that he did it against. Yeah, a scrub team. As I said, if there's not one of the top three or four, it's they're a scrub team mm. in La Liga. And so he doesn't have to sit there back there and play defense. He, he can just make his runs and score his goals, and it's, like, it's almost like he's resting against these teams. So that's why I think Premier League teams rotate more in the Champions League. So I don't actually think teams are resting like, mm-hmm. for, for, um, for what they think are easier matches in the, in the Champions League. I think they are rotating. Uh, Arsenal, I don't think, intended to rest players. They set up a team to be very offensive and attacking. Uh, in a in a specific way while rotating some of their players. Cool. Uh, well, this could be a short one. Who's going to be your Champions League surprise? You have to choose someone who gets out. They can be in a second place, but who's going to be in the the knockout stages? Who's 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 making it out? Of who's the making it out of the group that no one thinks is making it out of the group? Okay, who's making it out of the group? I don't actually think that there are going to be too many surprises. Like if 
Leverkusen make it out? That's not a huge surprise, right? If Sevilla, well, if Sevilla made it out of the group with Manchester City and Juventus, that would be a huge surprise. Mm. I don't actually think that's I don't actually think that's going to happen. So I'd say probably the biggest surprise that that could happen is maybe Zenit Saint Petersburg. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but they're in a, they're in the easiest of groups. They're in a group with Lyon and Valencia and Ghent. So I mean, Valencia and Ghent and Lyon are probably the two favorites in that group. But if Zenit makes it out, then okay. So I don't know. Like I guess that's that's the uh, th- there's my surprise. Zenit Saint Petersburg is making it to the uh, make it to the knockout stages. And uh, since we're talking about Champions League in Europe, I want you to tell me two positives of what the uh, Concacaf Champions League brings. What would be two positive things about the CONCACAF? Because that's good. They've been playing the group stages too. Mm-hmm. MLS team's doing well in it. Uh, I want two positive things about the CONCACAF Champions League. Two positive things about the CONCACAF Champions League. You do get to test the MLS teams against Mexican teams, uh, Liga MX teams, and some other and some others. Uh, so it provides a higher level of competition. And the higher levels of competition always make teams better and make mm-hmm. uh, make leagues better like the surprise montreal impact in the final last year right so there's one two i'm gonna give you three i have three oh, wow that? wow uh-huh. getting extra positivity from nathan there take a go. note everyone two uh i think it helps to foster the rivalry between the united states and mexico which is one of the which has become one of the better international rivalries and i think that's helpful to grow a sport in mm-hmm. uh in a country that soccer is not the uh, favorite sport it's mm-hmm. not the biggest sport so to have uh to have rivalries that continue to grow how, where you can pit the big teams in in mls against the big teams in mexico and let's be honest other other countries as well but those are the two major uh major countries i think that's helpful I yes think. okay and three they don't have that shitty ass this is the bestest <laughs> the best these teams are good Really good. We love them. <laughs> I said that. I haven't looked up their official anthem yet, so it's probably something the same. But yeah, those are the three. Uh, those are those are my three things. Cool. And those are all my questions today. Uh, great. So if you want to get a get a hold of us, uh, you can contact us on Twitter. Uh, Andrew, I am at Andrew JDV, and I am at Strong Acting. Uh, and until next week, this has been your Soccer Survival Guide. Bye, guys. Right. Thank you, UEFA, for contracting me to write you the lyrics for your Europa League anthem. I humbly present these masterful works of poetry for your enjoyment. I believe they give out the essence of what the Europa League is. So without further ado, your Europa League anthem lyrics. These are not the best teams, but they are the rest of the teams. They won. Why, they won a cup. Or they took seventh in their league. Oh, here comes the best part, the chorus. 
But they're not champions. But they're not champions. 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 But they're not champions. Oh, right, right. Sorry, sorry. I got a little carried away there. Uh, yes, will that do? Great. We'll send it off to the choir tomorrow. Wonderful.